The sun is up. Welcome, everybody, to the official podcast of the Catholic Sun, which is the official news media of the Roman Catholic Diocese of Syracuse. We are so glad you are here. I am Deacon Tom Kuski. I am the editor of The Sun. And again, we welcome a couple of guests today in a very timely fashion. A few folks were in church this past weekend, and that would be the third Sunday in September. Somebody, hopefully, mentioned Catechetical Sunday. And we're here with the people that make that happen in the Diocese of Syracuse. Very happy to introduce Andrea Slavin, who is the director of the Office of Child and Family Catechesis. With her today is Jen Manisi. Jennifer Manisi is the new assistant. She's the newest member of the team, but she is not new at all to the catechetical process. She is the director of faith formation at both St. Paul's Church in Rome, as well as St. Joseph's in Lee Center. Thank you very much for being here and welcome. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning to you. And as we were saying, catechetical Sunday. I remember the first time I heard the word catechetical. Outside of it being fun to say, I had no idea what it meant. And I think there are a lot of people in the pews, so I think that's a great place to start. Very timely. Talk a little bit about what catechetical Sunday is all about, and we'll go from there. The word catechesis is a very churchy word, isn't it? Yes, it it? is. Yes, it is. (laughs) So um, Catechetical Sunday is about celebrating the ministry of the word. Um, It actually means, um, from the Greek translation, to echo or to resound. So what catechesis does is resound and proclaim the word. Um, And Catechetical Sunday, then, is that time where we can um, celebrate those who teach the Word. Uh, It also reminds all of the baptized of the church that we all have a vocation or a call to share our faith. Um, Yeah. And this past weekend at Mass, I'm sure all the pastors and priests and uh, catechetical leaders celebrated that by inviting everybody to remind themselves that they are the catechist for their family. Um, They are the chief catechist in their family, responsible for everything from faith formation to mathematics and reading, and that they recognize that and see themselves as empowered by Christ to do those things. It's just a beautiful reminder for parents, grandparents, um, our catechists who teach directly in classrooms, um, as well as all the parishioners sitting around with those people, um, knowing that they are helping teach the faith and pass it on, echo it out. Mm-hmm. And it's important to know that, yes, there is this one Sunday that is designated for this um, opportunity to commission our catechists and um, thank them for the work that they do for our church because they are truly essential people in our church. Uh, but it doesn't have to be particularly on that Sunday because there are things that go on in parishes. So Um, Even if you find a different Sunday to recognize and commission the catechist, it just shows the community is there to support, to bless, and to pray for them for this coming catechetical year. Very good. Just for our listeners, I just want to point out that the voice you just heard is Andrea, and the voice you heard in the middle is Jen. I don't know that I uh, did enough to identify the two of you. And 
if you were to stand in a pair somewhere, people probably wouldn't identify you either. You're very much both behind the scenes once you get out of your, your home uh, setting. And you're, in my mind, very much like so many of the people in the pews, because I was really fascinated at that one point that you've raised. We're all, if we're doing our job right, our baptismal job right, we're all catechetical people. We're yes. all catechists. And how do you think that sits in the, the, the home environment? Do people really realize that? And once they do, do you think they take a little bit more pride in it? Um, I think sometimes our parents, they want the best for their children. They want to share that faith. and But they just, ha- they might not feel that they are equipped or holy enough and I say that with quotations I'm I'm doing the quotation marks here but <laughs> but they may not feel that they are they are holy enough to do this but they need to recognize that as the first teachers of their faith they are witnessing Jesus love and mercy every day with their children and that's part of catechesis mm-hmm. and then teaching them the prayers and um Bringing that light, bringing that fire of Jesus's love into the home is really what their role, their vocational call is as the primary teacher of their children. And we want to help them and partner that with them as the church to help them continue in their own formation as adults, as parents, and to help their help them be equipped to teach their children. Always reminds me of my good friend and mentor, the, the late Father Lou Aiello, said, you know, it's never about being worthy because none of us think we're worthy. Right. It's mm-hmm. always about being willing. Yes. Exactly. And parents, you know, obviously are very willing. People to, you know, in the, the pews who volunteer to teach in classes and parishes and whatnot, um, do you find that more challenging today to, to get people involved actively as catechists than uh, perhaps in the past? I would say yes. That is, It is definitely a bigger challenge. Um, and building on something Andrea had just mentioned, sometimes parents and grandparents don't feel that confident in what they know of their faith, the exactly. details, the doctrine, um, forgetting that it's also about the sharing of the lived experience of that faith. So while our office um, in the diocese offers training to catechists and catechetical leaders offer training to catechists, uh, new catechists, they already have that spirit in them, living in them already. And it's just a matter of giving them the language to share that with the children and with the other parents. Um, So part of our job, as Andrea said, is strengthening them to see that they already are catechists simply by the things they're doing in their lives. But here's that language um, that will help them go even deeper with their children. And also here are the supporting characters in this family catechesis, um, the grandparents, the siblings, aunts mm-hmm. and uncles, and uh, the ushers, the the deacons, everybody sitting and, and worshiping in that prayer space. We're all coming together as catechists. Very good. I know that too, we talk about the, the people there, there are our families, unfortunately, who sometimes look at uh, the catechetical process faith formation within the parish is maybe an hour of babysitting each week, you know, and they don't purport to be or appear to be as actively involved. Do you get a sense from the kids, though, that when they come together, they're all together in that classroom, that that level of sharing helps make up for perhaps some of the, you know, natural shortfalls that we're going to find on the home front? 
Absolutely. I would say absolutely. Um, walking in the door, um, de- you can clearly see which people are very comfortable in the space mm-hmm. and which aren't. But after just a few minutes, once opening prayer starts in the classroom, they're all together sharing the spirit um, that kind of levels out there. And one child will rise up mm-hmm. to partner with another child and help Beautiful. them lead them on, on their way. So, um, on, you know, on the surface at the front. In the beginning, it might seem that way, a little bit of separation, but <laughs> after a few minutes, children are children, and they just gravitate towards helping one another. That's excellent. Mm-hmm. And your role really is helping to provide the, the teachers in these situations with the tools and the comfort level that they need, correct, to, yes. to do the best job that they can in sharing the faith with the kids. Yes. Yes, and supporting them in um, the things that they're doing already within their family, Very helping good. them recognize those things are um, faith-filled. Now, we have more than 100 parishes, 119 or something like that is the number that stays in my head as you go across the diocese. And I shudder to think that there are 119 different models of faith formation that you're dealing with at the parish level. What are some of the models, if you will, the the processes that are uh, involved at the parish level today uh, that you can talk about and explain some of the nuances of one from the, the other? So in the diocese, um, you mentioned that there's a hundred and some parishes, mm-hmm. but many of them are collaborating and working together. Um, it may be one catechetical leader that is overseeing the program for mm-hmm. two to three, sometimes even uh, to six, as many as six parishes, um, unifying the program. So sure. we do have less catechetical leaders than we did in the past, and but it is bringing people together and uh, bringing small parishes together to be one larger church. Um, in those models, we see um, traditional style still, where children are brought to the class for a traditional classroom type catechesis. Uh, but even with that, we see how the um, catechetical leaders are really reaching out to invite the parents in to do some sort of um, catechesis for them as Mm -hmm. well to help them grow in their faith and to equip them with resources at home. Uh, We have family catechesis in places where it really is uh, the whole family's coming together maybe once or twice a month along with the traditional class in between. Uh, We have... Intergenerational models. Intergenerational models where uh, maybe seasonal or, you know, on a liturgical feast day where, you know, the whole parish is brought in together to do, invited to learn something about their um, their faith and do maybe a project or we see a lot of that, mm-hmm. especially at Advent, you know, mm-hmm. intergenerational things with Advent and sacramental preparation as well. Uh, we really try to have an understanding that when we're preparing for sacraments, it really is a family event, and it really is a com- church community event, too. When we look at our church, our parishes, as being another extended family, we want to be able to support each other in those sacraments and be welcoming and celebrate together for those sacraments. And some puddles, pa- parishes are using co- a combination of those models uh, based on the needs mm-hmm. of the families um, that they're working with. Mm-hmm. And the combination works best as well. Mm. Yeah, I've noted too, uh, having the, the privilege to be on the altar at times, during some of the 
prep masses, as we refer to them. You know, and the children, for example, who are in the first Eucharist process, um, you know, will come for some special masses during the year. And even people who sometimes seem a little impatient when they're at Mass, all of a sudden become very engaged. Yes. There's something about the presence of young people, big smiles on their faces. Right. And mm-hmm. you know you can feel yeah. the presence of the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit in the room. Right. Their mm-hmm. energy and their joy when they're coming in is just something everybody wants to latch on to. Uh, so we deeply encourage um, mm-hmm. parishes to engage in having the children present at mass for many many different things the mm-hmm. right of enrollment presentation of candidates um, or simply being there as part of the worshiping um, community uh, because it just brings life mm-hmm. what are some of the challenges that parishes face today uh, maybe more so than they have in the past when it comes to, to putting together and uh, you know really uh, engaging in a successful program I would say that one of those challenges um, would be a lack of knowledge and understanding of the faith in adults, and that translates into them not being so confident to want to serve in any ministry, but particularly catechesis. Mm -hmm. So while that's a challenge, we are continually affirming um, the knowledge level that they already have and trying to help them raise up to a greater level of knowledge so that they feel confident enough to step forward and say, I am a catechist, I am sharing my faith with my family at home, and I can do it right here in the classroom. Um, that would be one challenge. The, the biggest challenge, I would say, and Andrea, you might agree, is time. Mm. Our understanding mm-hmm. of time and where our time should be devoted um, for our family. Um, you know, are we choosing to spend an hour at Mass with our family or uh, and that will bring us deep peace and joy and build a greater relationship stronger relationship with God or are we choosing something different and while that something different is not something bad it's something that takes us away from spending the time building relationships so the challenge of time that families are facing because they're they're working both parents are working grandparents are working um and we're bringing our children here and there to do all these valuable and important things mm-hmm. that build them um, as young people. Um, we need to be sure that we carve out time to be family um, and build faith around the dinner table and things like that. And the culture of today is really demanding a lot from our children. And we need to uh, really understand that with our families and be uh patient with them mm-hmm. to be and and flexible we have to the and it goes back to the models like Jen was saying you know many of our models of catechesis really takes into account the scheduling of where their mm-hmm. children are at different times but it, it is definitely different from when we grew up <laughs> yes. yes oh without a doubt and the the challenges that the parishes face in uh, one of the things that always comes to mind is just attracting enough volunteers, first of all, mm-hmm. uh, especially in this day and age when we are so aware of safety mm-hmm. and, and having sometimes just the, the right amount of people, um, if you will, involved there. That uh, That's a huge hurdle to overcome, I see, so many times. Do you see that, you know, as you we talk about, you know, the family model, does it make it easier to get people involved, obviously, when you have it more from a family perspective as opposed to the traditional classroom style? 
Um, in some of the places where family catechesis is taking place, there the families are are becoming more. They're starting to see their faith differently because they're getting that formation themselves, and all of a sudden they that they they're feeling more confident and they're more willing then to. Um, take on roles in the mm-hmm. parish, and it may it may be catechetical roles, but it may be other roles because, as they're being formed, they see all the needs that the church has mm-hmm. for outreach, for uh, formation, for and you know all of those. Right, music. And, I mean, choir. I mean, they might not have even thought of being part of their the music ministry sure. until they started realizing their gifts are being called forth. And oh, yeah. and the. The, their presence, the presence of community members in the faith formation classes um, breathes life into the entire family. So for example, if you we were to invite a parishioner um, who's a veteran to come and speak to the confirmation classes or the younger children about that experience, um, and then at the end of that discussion, as the catechetical leader or the catechist, we turn that into a discussion of faith. You know, this is a person who gave up their time gave up, offered their life um, for service to our country, and they did this out of love. And this is what Jesus asks us to do, to be selfless, to love one another, to respect one another. And in confirmation, we can bring that deeper. So by inviting parishioners to come in to share the stories of their lives, they can see the life and the joy going on with the families, and they become more connected, and then they want to help and volunteer a bit more mm-hmm. on a different level. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, presence is everything, and you know their presence as a hall monitor or or the door monitor is is really valuable, um, a great witness to the young people. So while it's a challenge, you know we I think that if we creatively invite people um, to be with us, um, keeping in mind you know the safety of the community, mm-hmm. um, we can grow that. Talking about the presence, I want to ask just for a moment about your specific presence now in the office. You've joined the team over the summer. And tell us a little bit about what your specific uh, duties or areas of concentration are going to be. So Andrea has invited me on board to work on family catechesis and um, the family model and different ways to form families um, in the faith um, for the diocese. So to come up with some creative things to um, engage families and then journey with them. Um, so our office particularly is for kindergarten through um, sixth grade, um, but also all the way down to uh, baptism. Um, so designing and implementing and journeying with catechetical leaders so that they can learn how to use this material to journey with the families in their parish from the ones who are being baptized all the way through um, sixth grade and beyond, really, because we can never let go of them. Of course not. <laughs> yeah. And Andrea, the, the past few years, I would say, collaboration has become the, the real operative word in the, the diocesan dynamic. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think uh, you could find a better example than in the faith formation process in the offices. Mm-hmm. How have things changed for you? How do you fit in? And who else are you working with to make this happen? So our office used to be the uh, Faith Formation Office Mm -hmm. and then has taken on the name of Catechesis. And we really, at that time, we uh, were really charged with looking at Catechesis from K through 12, including all the sacraments of initiation. Um, As we look at the lifespan of families and, and children and going into teens, 
there's different needs at different times of their lives. And uh, for us to really accompany them, um, it's easier, it would, it's more effective for us to really uh, take it to certain developmental stages. So our office now, as Jen said, we are doing the younger ages, mm-hmm. um, being that inviting and working with families, building the relationships before they come to faith formation in kindergarten or first grade, and walking with them up through sixth grade. That is a time commitment. It takes a lot of time just to really work with families and journey with them and accompany them and their children so then we, so what we did was gave up a piece of our ministry for the uh, junior and senior high school students, and that is now going to what used to be the youth ministry office, which is now called the Office of Adolescent Catechesis and Discipleship. And there's different needs in that age group as well, and different family dynamics as the children start to become more independent in their adolescence. Um, so... It's helping us be more effective at our role in catechesis and evangelization and catechesis. Yes. Evangelization is always Mm -hmm. the the driving force in everything that we do at the diocese. It is our overriding theme. Yes, it is. What's on the horizon? Is there anything new and exciting out there or things that you're working on, uh, looking forward to for the the offices and the work that you're doing? One of our... Uh, main tasks that we've been working on for the last couple of years has been putting together curriculum guidelines for the Mm -hmm. diocese. This will be very helpful for catechetical leaders in designing their catechetical programs. Uh, It gives the uh, catechetical leaders and catechists some accountability to what is being taught. We really want to focus, though, as we develop these curriculum guidelines that, you know, content is important, but the relationship with to know who Jesus is in is even more important. So it's a balance of content and experience that we've built into the curriculum guidelines. And currently they are under review uh, by Bishop Lucia. And we're going to be meeting with him again in the next month to see what other tweaking has to be done. But we're very excited um, to be able to start thinking about a rollout for the curriculum guidelines for our catechetical leaders. And the, the really exciting part of that whole thing is um, the next step, uh, you know, once this is um, goes through final approval, um, under coming along with that will be activities um, for catechists to do that go along with this. And then things for the families to be doing, how we can help um, them. As Andrea said, content is important, um, and that is you know, the, f- the focus, the underlining um, factor here. Um, but we also want to make sure, as she said, when the children leave the classroom and they've heard that piece of scripture um, and they know that, have heard that doctrine of truth, that they can live that or share that or explain that. Um, and like you said, evangelize. Tell your parents about it in the car on the way home. So this is really an all-encompassing project under Andrea's leadership. And uh, I'm really proud to, have, to be a part of it um, because th- it just has such a wide range of effect for all of the families um, in the diocese. And it will help people who want to come on board as catechists who might not be that strong in, 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 what, in their commitment because they're afraid. This gives them a clear and easy thing to say, you know, do this, do this, do this, try this, talk about this. 
and they can look at that and say, okay, I can do that because it's really crisp and clear. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, can, it, yeah, I can feel the energy, sincerely, yeah. from both of you, you know, when we, we, we talk about this and the, quite frankly, the excitement. I'm going to give a quick shout out to my own parishes, uh, Christ the King and Pope John in Liverpool, where I've been, you know, witness or involved in some of the family catechesis, and it's just fun. Yeah. The families have a great time. The kids have a great time. And there's just something uh, electric about that atmosphere, that environment that opens them up so much more to the word of the Lord mm-hmm. right. and, and paying attention and walking away. You could say it was something really tangible that they can put to use in their life. Yeah. I didn't mean to cut you off, Andrea. Oh, that's okay. Uh, well, going from what you're saying, it just it's just another uh, way of saying, you know, the Pope, Pope Francis, you know, we want to have the joy of the gospel and faith formation should be joyful Joyful. and everything we, you know, our, our faith should be a faith of joy. Um, And the family moments that you're discussing, uh, Deacon Tom, you can feel the spirit active and and, and present right there. Um, The joy of the gospel. Sure. I mean, every, that guides everything that we're doing in faith formation, every program Mm -hmm. that we come up with, every set of guidelines, every lesson plan is this going to be a joy-filled opportunity to bring children and families closer to Jesus? Mm-hmm. Excellent. Yeah. And just with the curriculum guidelines, just another piece, uh, it's not just meant for the parishes. Uh, we've been working very closely with Catholic schools office as well in the development of these um, guidelines. So well, that's... Excellent collaboration. Thank you f- so much for being here and bringing a little joy. Uh, to our podcast here. I want to thank Andrea Slavin and Jen Manisi for all that they do for sharing time today. I'm Deacon Tom Kuski, and just remember, the sun comes up every day. God bless. Amen.